as you heard, we're continuing our series, uh, I Am, uh, a study of the compound redemptive names of God. We talked about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our victory, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider, Jehovah Makedis, the Lord is our sanctifier, Jehovah Rophe, the Lord is our healer, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is our shepherd. And today we're going to talk about Jehovah Sholom or Shalom, the Lord is my peace. I don't know, maybe some of you today might need to hear that the Lord is Jehovah Shalom, amen? And uh, we see the Lord revealing himself as the God of peace in Judges chapter 6. If you, if you have your Bible, whatever, you can turn there. And uh, before we read it, we see, uh, once again, the Israelites found themselves in a very vulnerable and desperate situation. For seven long years now, the nation of Israel is being oppressed by the hands of the Midianites. And uh, the Midianites were plundering them. They were plundering all their crops. They would grow a crop. As soon as their crop would get ripe and ready for harvest, the Midianites would come in and harvest it all. They would let them grow the crop. And as soon as it was ready for harvest, they would plunder it all. And they would steal it all their livestock. And, uh, and, and, and for, um, for survival, they had to hide out in caves and in holes in the rocks just to, to avoid the Midianites. And um, while they were struggling to survive, the children of Israel began to cry out to God. They began crying out to God for the Lord's help. And as the children of Israel began to cry out, uh, the Lord responds to their cry. We're going to read uh, several passages of Scripture at the beginning here, but I want you to just track with me as we unfold this story. In Judges chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. And they arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Now, as you can see, the nation of Israel is on the brink of starvation because of the oppression of the Midianites. And Israel begins crying out to the Lord for help. And the Lord hears their cry, and he responds by calling on a man by the name of Gideon to deliver them. In verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. And Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel for them from the Midianites. I am sending you. But the Lord, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Now, it's quite obvious that after 
Uh, God calls on Gideon to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites that Gideon is totally filled with doubt and fear and has absolutely no confidence that he can get this job done. And, and uh, Gideon, is, he's totally paralyzed by fear that the Midianites are going to kill him. I mean, think about it. It's, the, the scripture says they were like locusts. They were, they were so numerous, you couldn't even count them. And the Lord says, Gideon, would you go take care of them? And he's like, what, Lord? I mean, I can't do that. I mean, I know we have some people here, but they're outnumbering us. They're, they're, they're oppressing us. We can't win this battle. So Gideon, it has absolutely no peace, wouldn't you say, about what God is asking him to do. And so he was totally questioning the fact that it really was God that was asking him to do this. And so in verse 17, Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat, and with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the, of the Lord face to face. It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in, Ophrah, in the land of clan of Abizar to this day. Now, as you can see, it was during this very difficult time of oppression and turmoil in Gideon's life that the Lord decides to reveal himself to Gideon as Jehovah Sholom, or the Lord is our peace. How many of you know, that's usually when we get to understand a different side of the Lord. It's when we go through a difficult time, amen? As you, as you continue reading the story, it was through Gideon's leadership that Israel defeated the Midianites and he restored peace to the sons of Israel. And listen, for 40 years, Israel experienced peace in the land. They enjoyed the peace of God throughout Israel. It's a, it's a miracle. And so Jehovah Sholom, the Lord is our peace. Have you ever personally experienced the Lord, the Lord of peace in your life personally? You know, some people serve God all their lives and they never experience the Lord of peace. And there may be some of you here today that is like Gideon and, and Israel. You're overwhelmed with discouragement and doubt and you're living in fear and turmoil and uh, you're lacking the peace of God in your life. And that's what this message and this lesson is all about. Some of you may be des in a desperate need of the deep abiding peace of God in your life. Amen. How many of you know you can have that, right? You know, somebody said, you know, people will spend their entire life savings for two things. One is health and the other is peace. We'll spend everything we have to get one of those two things. Why do we struggle to live in peace? Well, I believe there's, there's some common reasons why we lose our peace in our life. And the first one is, 
we lose our peace when we're in conflict with others. Absolutely, right? If you've been married for any length of time and you get in a little fight with your, with your spouse, there goes the peace, right? You can't enjoy a life of peace while continuing to fight with other people. And the reason Israel and Gideon didn't have peace was because they were in conflict with the Midianites, right? And so Gideon and the Israelites were not enjoying peace because they were, they were constantly in, in this battle with, with these people that were in their land. And do you know you can't live at peace when you're not living at peace with those around you? When you're in conflict with others, you can't live at peace, right? That's why Romans 12, 18 says it's impossible, or excuse me, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So the scripture admonishes, do all you can to live at peace with people. Why? Do all you can. Uh, in other words, reach out, go to them with gentleness and love, take responsibility and blame, ask forgiveness, don't stonewall, don't give another the cold shoulder, reconcile that relationship. Scripture admonishes us, do all you can to resolve conflict. Why? So that you can have peace in your life, because you can't live with peace in your life, if you're constantly fighting with everybody around you. Do y'all believe that this morning? If y'all believe that, help me preach and say amen. The second reason we struggle with peace is because of the, the opposition of the enemy. Obviously, uh, some of us forfeit or lose our peace because we lose the spiritual battle. And so, you know, the Midianites obviously represented the adversary. They're the enemy of the children of Israel. And the Midianites, if you, if you think about it, it also represents the devil or Satan, the enemy of our souls, right? That is always seeking to steal every blessing that God gives us. How many of you know peace is a blessing? The enemy doesn't want us to live with peace. He'll try to steal that blessing from us, amen? And so main reason Israel and Gideon didn't have peace because they were battling with the Midianites. And sometimes the reason we don't have peace is because we're in a spiritual fight. It's, it has nothing to do with us fighting with other people. It has to do with the spiritual opposition that we're up against. In Acts 10.38, it says this, Do you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, we talked about this two weeks ago. Oppression, that word oppression means to have influence and authority and power over someone. And so oppression means to be under the weight and pressure and control of the enemy. And if we're not, if we're not careful, we will come under, even though we're born again Christians, we'll come under the weight and the influence and the, the opposition of the enemy. That's why Paul says to be sober, or Peter says be sober and be awake. And watch out because the enemy is prowling around and he's looking, he's looking for the opportunity to try to take you and I out. Amen. And so Satan is always trying to steal our peace by weighing us down with fear, with uh, worry, with stress, with mental attacks. He just, he'll do anything he can to try to steal us of the very gift that God wants to give us. And that's his peace. 
But listen, it's our job not to let him steal from us. Amen. Come on, it's our job. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, he might try to steal it from you, but you're stronger than him. When he tries to steal the peace right out of your hands, don't let it go. Hold on to it and keep your peace. Amen. The third reason we struggle with peace is because of trials and tribulation. You remember what the Israelites were dealing with? I mean, their crops were being destroyed. Their livestock was being killed and stolen. Their finances, of obviously because of the crops and the livestock, was being destroyed. They were running for their lives. They were hiding in caves, and they were about to starve to death. I would say Gideon and Israelites were facing trials and tribulations. Wouldn't you say so? I mean, they're, they're going through a difficult time. You know what? It's hard to have peace when you're going through a, such a difficult time. I mean, listen, everything could be fine. I mean, you could be just like in your spirit. You could be like you're laying in a hammock somewhere in the breeze and, and just enjoying a little glass of tea and just kicking your heels back and just one phone call, one experience, one trial, one tribulation, and all of a sudden, it don't matter where you are on the globe, man. Peace is gone somewhere. Am I speaking to the right people here today? So then the question we have to ask is this. Is it possible to have peace in the midst of trials and tribulations? Is it possible? According to the scripture, I think it is. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. What is Jesus saying? I think he's promising us that we can have the gift of peace regardless of what we're going through. Do y'all believe that this morning? Say, Todd, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus said you can have peace in your life. Amen. So listen, if, if your life is filled with trials and tribulations and trouble at this very moment, the good news is you can have peace before your circumstances change. We can have peace when we have problems. The miracle is when we have God's peace, our problems won't have us. Amen. Amen. Come on, I can't control what happens to me, but God can help me rise above what happens to me. Come on, you can't control what happens to you, but God can give you the grace to rise above what happens to you. Say, but Todd, how is that possible? It's the peace of God. That's what it is. It surpasses all understanding. You can't explain it. You can't figure it out, but you can receive it through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. The fourth and final uh, reason we struggle with peace is when our hearts are not right with God. And so, you know, the very first verse in Judges 6 reveals a very important truth. I want you to look at it with me. In Judges 6, 1, it says this, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Now, did you catch that? The question is, did you catch why Israel was dealing with the Midianites? The entire reason Israel was suffering under the oppression of the Midianites was because they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so Israel's heart had drifted away from the Lord and they lost their hand of protection. In fact, when you read the book of Judges, there's a cycle. There's a cycle that you can see over and over again. In fact, if you read Judges and see what Israel did, don't do what Israel did. 
don't keep repeating the cycle. Cause, cause, you know, they were in bondage. They cry out to God. God to deliver them. They were doing great. They were prospering. Their hearts drifted away from God. They got into sin. They went back under the impression. They started crying out to God. God came, delivered them, set them free. They began to prosper again. Yes. Praise the Lord. Their hearts drifted away from God. They, they rebelled against God. They went back under the oppression of the enemy and they went over and over again. You can read it through the book of Judges over and over again. And the reason why Israel was having so much stress in their life is because their heart had drifted from the Lord. So what's the point here? Sometimes we lose the peace of God in our life simply because we're not at peace with God. Right? So listen, you can't enjoy the peace of God until you get your heart right with God. Right? Because he's the author of peace. And that's what happened to the nation of Israel. But here's the redemptive story. As soon as Israel and Gideon, they started crying out to God for help and getting their heart right with God, he raised up a deliverer named Gideon, amen, and delivered them from the oppression of the Midianites. Listen, I have to say right here before, in case I miss it, Gideon represents Jesus. Gideon was called by God to deliver the children of Israel from the oppression of the enemy. Jesus was called by God to deliver you and I from the oppression of the enemy in this life. Amen? So we need to be encouraged. There is a good chance that some of you here today, you're not experiencing peace in your life because of one of these four reasons. But listen, I want you to know that there's hope. Regardless of why maybe you forfeited peace or you lost peace and you don't have peace in your life right now, I think it's possible that the Lord can help us get back to that place of peace even though we're going through trials and tribulations. Amen? Come on, is my mic still on? Y'all still awake out there? Hey, this is what John 14, 27 says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not let it be afraid. The truth is, we can have peace regardless of what we're going through. And you know, I think about this over the years. I remember, I mean, I've, I've had the chance of being up close and personal with a lot of different families that are going through a lot of different things, as well as Tanya and I have gone through difficult things and lost loved ones and all that. But you know, I can remember, uh, brother, uh, Brother Sonny McGuire was one of the elders that, that served Brother Francis and Miss Babs for years, Miss Anita's husband. And he had terminal cancer and he was dealing with it. Is that you, Miss Anita? Yeah, there she is right there. But you know, listen, she, he, this guy was dealing with terminal cancer. And I can remember, I, I remember one, we had Saturday night service. I was preaching Saturday night service and he, and they were there. And, and I said, uh, well, let's pray for brother Sunday. Are you doing all right? Uh, how you doing? And, and he's battling for his life. He's dealing with terminal cancer. And I remember I said, how you doing brother? And he said from in the back out there, he said, it is well with my soul. It's like, what? It is well with my soul. How many of you know when the enemy comes in like a flood, when life throws all kind of stress and turmoil, there's a God that we serve. He's called the Prince of Peace. Come on. When the waves come crashing against your soul and your life, there is a God in heaven. He's called the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor. He can tell the winds and the waves of adversity. Move back, move back, get back where you belong and the peace of God can settle in on your life. Amen. Yes, amen. Come on, you can have victory today in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So how do we live in God's peace? Oh, I feel it right now. I feel the anointing of God just coming on me right now because somebody in this room needs to hear that. You got a God that loves you and wants you to live in peace. So how do we live in God's peace? Number one, there's four avenues. There's many avenues of God's peace. I'm going to talk about four and we're going to wrap this up. But number one, begin crying out to God for help. Begin crying out to God for help. That's when the turnaround happened for the nation of Israel, when they began to cry out to God. They were about to starve to death. They had no chance in the circumstance they were in. But they began crying out. Judges 6, 6 says this. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. How many of you know he hears the cry of his children? If you want peace in your life, you're going to need to cry out to God. You know, the question, Psalm 39, 12 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. I want you to notice something. He says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. And then he says, Listen to my cry for help. Over and over again, the scripture makes a distinction between prayer and crying out. What's the difference? Prayer means to intercede, to request something from God. But crying out means to reach out in intense desperation. It's an intense, spontaneous response to an urgent and desperate need. It's to seek God with passion and wholeheartedness and saying, I need your help and I need it now. I need it now. I'm doomed unless you come. It's what the, what our babies do before they learn how to talk and they cry out before they learn how to speak. They learn how to cry out. And when they cry out, our parents, parents come running when our children cry out. The louder the shriek and the, the, the louder the cry, the, the quicker we come running. Amen. And so all throughout the Bible, we see in the scripture making a clear distinction between praying and crying out. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all their trouble. You know, as you, as you study the scripture, the Lord delivered the children of Israel when they cried out over and over again. The Lord raised up a child who was deceased when Elijah cried out. Asa cried out to God and God gave him the victory over his adversary. Jehoshaphat cried out and the Lord delivered him from death. Hezekiah cried out. And the Lord gave him victory over his enemies. David cried out and the scripture says, and the Lord delivered him from all his trouble. Wow. How many of you feel like crying out right now? <laughs> How many of you know the Lord rescues those who learn to cry out to God for help? We need to learn to cry out to God. Sometimes we need to cry out to God in repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I allowed my heart to turn away from you. We need to cry out and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've gotten bitter. I've gotten cold-hearted. I've turned away from you. I, I've, I'm, I'm at, at odds with other people. Sometimes we just need to cry out to God and say, God, I've been disobedient. I need, I need to get my heart right. I mean, you know, the Lord will hear that cry. Sometimes we just need to cry out in humility. Lord, I can't do this. I can't make it on my own. I need your help, Lord. You ever feel like that? It's like, Jesus, if you don't deliver me, if you don't rescue me, I'm done. It's over with. I'll never make it. You ever felt like that? Come on, you got to cry out to God. 
If you want to live in peace, begin crying out to God. And listen, God never turns a deaf ear to somebody who cries out to him. Amen. In fact, as you read the story of the Israelites getting delivered from Egypt, it all started. The Bible says that God heard the cry of the Israelites whenever they were being oppressed in Egypt. And that's why Moses came on the scene. The Lord always brings a deliverer whenever we cry out to him. Amen. The second way to live in God's peace is this. Get your attitude right with God. How many of you know your attitude determines your altitude, right? When Listen, when God called Gideon, his attitude was stunk. It was not in a good place at all. I want you to pay attention to Gideon's attitude as I read these few verses of Scripture. In Judges 6, 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? I could see him moving his head like this with a little attitude, you know. And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Can you sense the attitude there? Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. Verse 15, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. See, his attitude was not right. Negative, negative, negative was the best way to describe Gideon's attitude. He, listen, he doubted God. Why is all this happened to us? Where is all your miracles? Why have you abandoned us? He doubted his family. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. He doubted himself and his capabilities. I'm the least in my entire family. Hey, everybody. Before you can live a life of peace, before you can live a peaceful life, we have to get our attitude right with God. Amen? We got to get our attitude right. God can't get us out of the pit while we keep digging the hole we're in deeper and deeper with our negative attitude. Come on, I want to say that again because I think it's this is worth a trip this morning for this right here. Amen. Listen, God can't get us out of the pit we're in while we're digging the hole we're in deeper and deeper with our negative attitude. Amen. Come on, let's quit digging our own hole and let's change our attitude. Amen. Judges 6, 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you had. Rescue Israel from the Midianite. I'm sending you. Verse 16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. It's like the Lord didn't even pay attention to all that baloney that he was telling the Lord. He said, look, man, I'm calling you. Come on, let's do this thing. Amen. So here's the, here's the, you know, the, the crux. If we want peace, we need to quit allowing negative attitudes to rule us. Are y'all with me out there? If we want peace with God, we got to quit allowing our negative attitudes to rule our life. And by the way, your attitude is a choice. That might be revelation to you. If you're in the pit of negativity, you're choosing that. Come on, quit doing that. Amen. Quit doubting 
yourself, quit doubting God, quit doubting others, quit doubting your circumstances. Come on and start thinking positive faith-filled thoughts and begin believing God and have faith for better things to come. Amen. Can I get a better amen? Can I get a better amen? Can I get a better amen? Come on. The God that we serve is able. Amen. Amen. The third way to live in God's peace is you got to start standing on God's promises. To live in peace, you have to stand on, hang on to God's promises. You remember Gideon was fearful and thought he would die because he had seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, you know, God told Moses, nobody can see me and live. So Gideon thought he was going to die. But the Lord promised Gideon he wouldn't die. And God's promise is what gave Gideon peace. Look, in verse 23, he said, it's all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. Even though you you saw the angel, you didn't see me, right? You saw a representative, but he said, you're not going to die. Verse 24, and Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. It was God's promise that gave Gideon peace. To live in God's peace, you got to stand on God's promises. You know, listen, if you don't have a, a truth to stand on, if you don't have a promise to hold on to, then, then you don't have the anchor. You need the anchor. And so I strongly urge you, if you want peace, quit memorizing and meditating on negative things and start memorizing and meditating on the Word of God. Meditate on God's promises, amen? Because listen, the way the enemy gets us in the pit is he makes us, he keeps turning our head to focus on the negativity, on the bad things. Don't allow him to make you live there. Focus your mind back on the right thing, amen? Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Amen. So I, there's, I just want to share. Can I just share with you? All right, I just want to share some of the promises I like to hang on to. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. That's a good promise right there, right? How about Matthew eleven twenty eight? Come to me, all you weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm gentle, humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. How about this one, Philippians 4? And, and, um, and I think it's six. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can I give you a few more? Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. One more, Psalm 23. You heard it last week. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness, say, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Come on, do you need more? Or is that enough to hold on to right there? Amen. But you got to know this. You got to know what the Bible says. When the enemy says what he has to say, you got to know what God has to say. 
Amen. Because if you don't know what God, listen, you can know the Bible. Listen, you can know all the theology. You can know all the, the manners and customs of the Bible. You can know all of that stuff. But if you don't have the word of God in here, you need to have it not just in here. You need to have it in here. You need to have it in your heart. So whenever you're going through trials and tribulations, the word of God pops out of your heart and says, listen, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So listen. Don't just memorize it and know it. Learn to declare it. Learn to declare it. Job 22, 28. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your words. Declare means to resolve, to determine by sentence or statement. In other words, we need to resolve or determine by sentence or statement what the Lord has promised us in his word. Amen. So what I do is I go back to the promises of God and I don't just memorize them, but sometimes I'm laying awake at night in my bed and I can't go to sleep and I start reciting and declaring the word of God. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. My heart will not be troubled. It will not be fearful in the name of Jesus. Come on, are y'all with me? So you got to just begin declaring the word of God. Because listen, faith comes by hearing. And sometimes what we need to do is listen to ourselves and quote the word of God. You know what I found? I can't ponder negativity while I'm quoting the promises of God. My mind can't hang out in the pit while I'm using the ladder of the promises of the word of God. I got to come out of that pit and I got to live in victory and live in the peace of God. I don't know if you're getting anything out of this, but pardon me while I just have a good time and I declare the promises of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm a Christian. What about you? Oh, glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. And the fourth avenue to God's peace is cultivate God's presence in your life. To experience peace, you have to put a priority in God's presence. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. My peace. I. Where does peace come from, saints? From Jesus. From Jesus. Listen, there's two kinds of peace that you can have. The world's form of peace or God's form of peace. The world's form of peace is booze and drugs and pleasure and, you know, new age and all this stuff. But it's, it's, a, it's a temporary, it's a counterfeit of the true peace of God. The Lord's form of peace is His Spirit. And it will outlast the world's form of peace. Amen? The Lord's peace is supernatural. And it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, you know, Pastor Kelly and I and, and Pastor Dixie, we'll walk into a hospital room where everybody's falling apart because of the, the information they just got. And we say, let's pray. And we cry out to God and, and we invoke the name of Jesus and we invite the Spirit of God to come. And all of a sudden, a room fills with the glory of God. And everybody that's falling apart, all of a sudden, they just kind of 
All right, well, that's what the doctor said. Well, we're going to go on from here. How many of you know when the Prince of Peace comes in, worry and fear and anxiety and stress have to go out the window, amen? Listen, I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. Amen. I've lived a long time before I heard something like this in my life. And I'm so glad to know it, that it's the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Come on. It come, the peace of God comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, and it's peace. God's peace is not the absence of trouble. God's peace is his presence in trouble. See, it's not that you're not going to have problems. We're, Jesus said, you in the world, you're going to have problems. So peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is God's presence in troubles. Amen? Come on, how many of you want the peace of God to rule and to reign in your life right now? I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to stand with me for just a second. and We want to just take a moment Pastor Kelly, would you hand me a water there, please, sir? Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, sometimes we're living our life and we think we're living in peace, and we're really not. And you know, I experienced that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe none of you have had this experience, but, you know, I, I was living my life and and I thought I was doing okay, but I, I was, I was depending on counterfeit forms of peace. And then one day, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I didn't know even what I was doing. They just said, you need to surrender to Jesus. You need to ask him to forgive your sins and you need to, you need to make it right with God. I said, okay. And so, because my, my, I, I needed help, right? And then all of a sudden, whenever I did that, man, God's presence came in flooded my soul. And man, I was like, wow. I had been on a lot of highs, but there was no high like this high. It was like somebody was inside of me tickling me. It was like I was getting free songs permanently or something. But come on, how many of you know what I mean? When the peace of God comes, man, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's supernatural. It's, it's great. And it all begins when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today. You know, sometimes we, when we do this, we say, bow your head and close your eyes. I'm not going to say that today. I'm going to say, keep your head up, keep your eyes open. And let me ask you, have you ever surrendered your life to Christ? Listen to what John 16, says. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. Peace comes through surrendering our life to Jesus Christ. Amen? So if you're here today and you say, Todd, I, I don't know for sure if I'm a Christian. I don't know for sure that, that if I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. I believe in God. I want to serve Him. That's why I'm here. But, but, you know, whenever it comes to, are you sure that you're a Christian? I'm not sure. Today I want to give you a chance to surrender to the Lord so the Prince of Peace can come rule in your life. If you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray that prayer with me? Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. If you can't raise your hand and say, I need Jesus in this room, you'll never do it out there, right? You got to be serious about this business.
Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anybody else? Right here. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Come on. This is your moment. The Prince of Peace is ready to come live on the inside of you. Amen. So listen, those of you that raised your hands, we're going to pray this prayer together. Let's say it. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I need your help. I need your grace. I need your power. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. Come and be Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen, those of you that pray, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, those of you that that raised your hand. Thank you. Listen. There's a card in the pew with a green bar that said, I made a decision. If you'll take the time to fill that out, bring it into the lobby, into the resource center in the corner to my left. We have a Bible for you. We have a gift for you. We want to help you get started on this spiritual journey. Amen. But now listen, those of us that are saved, just because you're saved doesn't mean you have peace. I can tell you this this week, just this week, I had a long night. Something was in my spirit. It was stirring me up. It, it had me, it had me uh, upset. And it wasn't my trouble. It was somebody else's trouble that was upset me. You ever had that? But you know what? And I found myself in the bed. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Come on, I needed the presence of God. I needed the presence of God. I got up, started reading my Bible, started reading the promises of God. Maybe you here today and you say, Todd, listen, I'm a a saved, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, but I need some peace today. Anybody like that? Come on, anybody going through a lot of trials? Come on, they're just raised. Don't be ashamed. Come on, we're people of God here. Raise your hand and say, man, I need some peace. I need some peace. Those of you that raised your hand, come on, come to the altar real quick. Come to the altar. Come on, we're going to sing another worship song. And listen, now, while they come up, I want you to help me. And I want you to lift your voice and let's worship the God, usher the presence of God in this room. And I'm believing that as they up here worshiping God and you're out here worshiping God, that the grace of God, the touch of God is going to fill this place. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, as you get here, just lift your hands. And I want you to think about the presence of God. I want you to think about the peace of God. I want you to think about the peace of God moving back the tidal wave of stress and anxiety and fear and worry. Come on, let's ask the Lord to come right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus.